youngest member of the congregation has got some sense, he's gone out. <laughs> and doesn't put up with me. That's fine, yes. What's the simplest prayer you can think of? No, don't, don't, don't shout out. But, uh, simplest prayer. I've got a suggestion for that in a little while, but uh, let me set the scene first. We just heard an account from St. Luke um, in the book of Acts. Um, indeed, the only account we have of the ascension, told in a calm and unruff unruffled sort of manner. I don't think those early disciples were anything like that. Then they were remotely calm, let alone understanding, because the point is that Luke is writing quite, quite a bit afterwards. He's heard the story from a number of probably different sources. And he says, well, this is what happened. And this is what it meant. Now, I wonder what it felt like at the time. Probably rather different, I would think. You remember what the disciples have been through. They've been following Jesus, and it was good on the whole. Challenging sometimes, but good. And then Jesus had died. And then most peculiar things were happening. Occasionally, and it wasn't, it wasn't all the time, Jesus was there again. He was alive. They knew he was alive and they knew he couldn't be. But there he was. But erratic. Not all the time. What's going on? What's going to happen? They wondered. And they didn't think Jesus was much help. So they come to him, again in a calm, unruffled fashion, they, Luke tells us. Well, no, he doesn't actually tell us that. He implies it, I think. <coughs> Lord, is it now you're going to sort things out and bring the kingdom of Israel properly to, to fruition? I think they were asking in a rather more panicky fashion than that. Is, is this the end of the world? Is it when we're going to get our rule? Or things are going to be sorted out? And Jesus replies, of course, his usual enigmatic self. Well, you don't need to know that. Not very helpful, I think. Well, it, they wouldn't have thought. You don't need to know that, but you'll, 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 you'll find yourself powerful. And what you've got to do is to tell everybody. And I mean everybody. Not just here in Jerusalem or in Galilee or not even in the, the, the enemy territory of the Samaritans. But all over the world. Everywhere. Places you've never heard of. Are you beginning to feel the panic? I think they were panicking, don't you? And what does Jesus do next? He disappears. Making it quite clear he's not coming back in the same way. Well, in the same form. And then we're told that a couple of 
people. They're not actually described as angels, but I think that's the word we would use for them. Two men in white robes suddenly appear and tell him that they tell them that they shouldn't be looking up there. You're not up there. Will you come back? So they've been told they've got to go everywhere and tell everybody about Jesus. Then Jesus is gone. And they're promised in due course. They don't know when. He'll be coming back. So they've got a choice, haven't they? Either they think, oh my goodness, I'm going home. Now, I won't ask you to put your hands up if you think that would be your reaction. <laughs> I think it would be mine. <laughs> so you've got the picture. Sheer panic. But they weren't actually going to go home. They were decided that they were going to get on with it. But they didn't know how. They didn't know when. They hadn't got a clue. Which brings me to my suggestion about the simplest form of prayer. Help! <laughs> about right? Now, because these days we calmed it all down. We have Easter, we have Ascension Day, and at Ascension Day we start praying, particularly, although it's something we do a lot of the time, we pray for the Spirit to come. And basically, I think the prayer for the Spirit to come is precisely that prayer. Help! And that's not too unscriptural either, because one of the titles that the Spirit has, as Jesus talks about him, is the Helper. But of course, we ruin it by calling it the Paraclete. It's a Greek word for the Helper. The Advocate. Well, that's somebody who helps you if you're stuck in court. You get the picture, what they actually had to be waiting for was the Holy Spirit. But heck, do you know what the Holy Spirit's about? After 2,000 years of the church exploring it, not fully, do we? But they didn't have a clue. Those 11 disciples, and we, or we don't know who else, there's vague mentions of a few women. I guarantee that the women were, 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 there were more women than men in that group, but uh, that's another story. They gathered that they had to wait. How long? No idea. They had a job to do, an impossible job. And bear in mind who they were too. Ignorant, probably illiterate Galileans going to strange lands and dealing with a bunch of awkward foreigners. Help! So think of what we're like in our more dignified, calmer way. We're supposed to wait. How long are we supposed to wait for? 
for God to do something which would involve us doing the impossible. It's basically what being a Christian is about, isn't it? So that's one way for us to pray. Would a glass of water help? Thanks, Ruth. Well, if you want to pray in a rather more dignified way, think about what we're doing this afternoon. We'll be calm, collected, and probably fairly quiet. Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll be able to sing rather, more, rather loud than we can with the viewers over here. But we celebrate the first sign that God is beginning to answer our prayers. The bloke called James. Yes, we, we ought to offer that kind of prayer too. But please don't convince yourself that he's the answer to all our prayers, that our waiting is actually completely over. And that my panic about what God expects me to do is not very real and very appropriate today. What the Ascension teaches us surely is an indication that those who follow Jesus will have to do it without his presence in the form that his work started. That's what gives us a tradition of extinguishing the Paschal candle on Ascension Day, in fact. The light in that sense goes out. Not that Jesus isn't still here with us, but not in the same way. And we're supposed to do the work that he started. Which is just for us, as I said, plain impossible. Which is why we need next Sunday. Thank God it's only a, a week's waiting. <laughs> and we can celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit in response to our prayer. And we can say, help! And expect some sort of answer. This is the disciples got when I suggest they prayed much the same prayer. That's what Pentecost is about. It's about finding that things aren't impossible after all. There really is a job for us to do, given by God and enabled by God. A job that for us is impossible, but for God is what he intends to do. And the ascension, of course, is also an assertion of Jesus' authority. No way could Jesus go on being bound to the earth for the life of mortal human beings. So forget the idea that Jesus ascended like a space rocket of some sort. It's plain peculiar, isn't it? But we're told he was lifted up. I don't think that means literally. He was given authority. God's authority. Of all the world, 
that God made. Authority over everything. Which I hope will give us some more confidence as we pray, help! Not to a man who was crucified and who managed to somehow get out of it, but to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. So let's go on, praying that his kingdom will come on earth as in heaven. For we celebrate the ascension of the King of Kings.